You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. It was as if the empty nights were made for thinking of him, and sometimes I found myself so vividly aware of him, it was as if he had only just left the room, and the ring of his voice were still there, and somehow there was a disturbing comfort in that, and despite myself, I'd envision his face. Whew! That's a kind of, kind of, a, kind of a kinky little mic check there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, uh, honey, if you're listening, uh, another kid later? On behalf of your wife, I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> this is Bradley Martin with the Screener Squad, and we are here to talk about Anne Rice Presents the Immortal Verse series flagship interview with the Vampire on AMC+. Please check out inside the episode if you participate in being a subscriber to AMC Plus or Interview with the Vampire for short. Now, this is based on, as I said, an Anne Rice novel, her first novel in the Vampire Chronicles. Many of you people my age may remember that Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise, of all people, played quote unquote sexy vampires with a cameo by Antonio Banderas. Now, where Brad Pitt played Louis as a freshly wet painted canvas of a beautiful piece of art, which we all watched dry. I like that. Just watch. He's beautiful. Just just watch him. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Not his best performance. No. But Jacob Anderson, however, this, putting the horse before the cart, as I like to say, this is an incredible performance by him playing Louis de Pont de Lac. Am I... French enough? Very, very Creole. Now he approaches Daniel Malloy, who does the interview, 
and we find out that this is a legacy sequel remake question mark because mm. he says to this man you will interview me again and i will tell you the story i told you long before but this time the full truth and at first i thought it was a clumsy setup but as the show goes on i really appreciate it now daniel malloy being played by eric bogosian who is the living embodiment of uh, the dearly departed Anthony Bourdain, does an incredible job in this role as well, takes down all the story that Louis has to tell of him becoming a vampire and life with his maker, Lestat, played by Sam Reed. I'm not here to go over this interview by myself, though. Not be all thirsty alone. Oh, no. Someone who's always good when discussing such historical novels adapted into film, because she does so with such harmony. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Every time, Bradley. (laughs) Harmony is with us. Hello. And also from the Nighthawks podcast, and I believe he's informed me he's read this novel. Matt is with us. Once upon a time I read it, probably, probably before I should have. Yep. <laughs> so, this is a seven-episode TV series, which you can stream. What did y'all think of this newly updated, modernized interview with a vampire? I really liked it. Um, I the, When the movie came out, I think I was like 13, and my mom took me to go see it. <laughs> and that just set me down the path of being goth all through high school. Uh, there was there was this nostalgia feeling for you know the books and the movie and and, and all that, but the, I liked what they re, what they did with it that they completely they changed the time by a good fifty years. I watched this all in like chunks. I didn't do it every week like I usually do. I just would watch like three or four episodes and watch three or four episodes. Um, I really enjoyed it. I gotta say, I think they did really well. How about you, Matt? What did you think of this epic saga? Is, uh, I thought it was good. I thought mo- I agree. Most of the changes serviced it. I did not have complaints. I was amused by this. Amused by this. <laughs> so for me, <laughs> I actually grew up. I wouldn't say sheltered, but I was pretty naive. Sheltered without even realizing it. The first time I was aware that a homosexual man existed was watching Antonio Banderas play the vampire Armand Mm -hmm. in Interview with the Vampire back in 1994. So I would have been like 11 years old and it blew my mind. And again, Antonio Banderas would do that same thing to my mind when he played Tom's Hanks uh, boyfriend in Philadelphia. Yeah. So it's. Awkward as it is, I actually owe a lot to Antonio Banderas <laughs> when it comes to an open mind. Like, why that man looks at that other man the same way my dad looks at my mom. <laughs> and I'm kind of cool with it. I'm all know? right. It's good. It's nice. <laughs> so I was actually very excited to be like, well, seeing the these new interpretations, uh, Jacob Anderson, again, mm-hmm. plays Louis as Louis, I think, should have been played the first time. An incredible narrator. 
beautiful voice. It actually sounds like he's from New Orleans without sounding like a cartoon. Right. I'll say. Yeah, they they didn't they didn't do the Marvel Gambit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where we yes. all like let's say that was Bone Tom's Roller. Roller. <laughs> Whoever his dialect Piggy, coach was, was, was spot on. As Piggy Hill would say Zapatos or shoes as we say in your country. <laughs> Yeah, whoever they... Excellent work. Yeah, because he's a Brit, right? He's British. He is. That's right. He's from... uh, You can see him as Grey Worm Mm. from Game of Thrones, I believe. Which he barely had any lines at all, so... Definitely moving up. Oh, and I also believe he's a a musician as well. Oh, okay, cool. James DJ. That's how he got started in the biz. So I was excited to see Armand... But we don't get any Armand this season. Perhaps we'll have to wait till part two. And of course, this will be a spoiler-free review. Christian Slater as Malloy in the original? Okay, I know who Christian Slater is, but that's all really he gets to do. Originally, it was supposed to be River Phoenix. So oh, River wow. Phoenix had passed away. So, and then it was they, yeah. That's the reason why the movie is dedicated to River Phoenix. I had no idea about that either. I like I'm telling you when this was like a vital piece of my <laughs> life, I'm not yeah. joking. <laughs> so Eric Bog- Bogosian actually gets to be a full-fledged character in this. And there's a lot of pushback he does against Louis's story and Louis's own romantic way of describing the past. Like, he'll just chime in and be like, Lestat sounds like an asshole, Louis. And it's fantastic because then we get a back and forth between Louis and Malloy, which uh, is pretty scary because we know that Louis is a dangerous vampire. But I'm not sure that Malloy is convinced or if he's just skeptic or if he feels like he's always control. It's no, wonderful no, performance. The well, sometimes for- here is that Malloy is a uh, person scorned. Like he, yeah. they're former lovers. That's what. Yeah. Oh, you think? What? Yeah. Well, well, whether, whether, whether they went um, all the way in the human all the way. sense or not, uh, the the original set of interview with the vampire, the 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 seventy six interview that would have been the verbatim original book. Yes. W- was mm-hmm. a courtship. He was going to make him a vampire, and by the end of it, right. he was so heavy, heavy hearted, and. And, and nostalgic that he did decided not to go through they can go through it all again that's why he didn't just take a moment killing Bogosian in this movie is is his entire attitude is that of the uh, the old woman in the last unicorn it's like now you come back now <laughs> yeah and that's that's why he's so angry and why he feels so free to time also, and he's also dying I also think so. he's he's angry because he's sick yeah. he's got Parkinson's like that is so, that is a yeah, he's, he's a, only got a part of his he's character. He's only got right five now. minutes to lose if he pushes the guy over the edge. So exactly, he's like he's gotten older. He's he's had his career, and he doesn't have anything to lose, really. No, and I think that's where it's really clever and in introducing what it seemed like. Oh, okay, so this is a sequel from the movie somehow, but then it like creates its own world as you just told it perfectly there, Matt, into why. It's a sequel, but it's not. But it's a remake, but not really. You can go read the book, but here's the truth of it. It, Ah, yes. Very wonderful storytelling. So then we come to Sam Reed as Lestat. Oh, my God. Who (laughs) 
Now, I'm not saying Tom Cruise isn't sexy. No one's making that claim. Him and Jennifer Connelly were very cute in the biggest movie of the year. Oh, my God. Are you talking about Top Gun (laughs) 2? Go away. (laughs) Sounds like... uh... Sounds like you've, uh, like Harmony finds the subject of Top Gun to be something of a uh, danger zone. Danger zone. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Very good. So Sam reads a better list at. That, that's where that was going. What would you all think of his performance as a powerful, almost uh, how you say in the French, um, douchebag, maybe? <laughs> but <The> incredibly douche. <laughs> handsome. Yeah. <laughs> Incredibly handsome, controlling. Wow. I, I am shook by his incredible performance, actually. What did you all think, though? So I kind of see Lestat. Seeing Lestat performed by Tom Cruise is a different Lestat than the one prefer, performed by Sam Reed. I think the, the Lestat that we had seen in the past was very much a monster. And I'm not saying that this one's not... But it was just he leaned really hard into that being a monster. Sam Reed's acting basically, I think it humanizes Lestat a little bit more. That it wasn't just like, I'm just a psychopath and I'm going to be a psychopath and do psychopathic things. Um, I, I think he really brought like a human heart to him, even though this is a 300 year old vampire who likes to murder people because it's fun, mm-hmm. you know? But I think, I think just the, the longing and the loneliness and the having everything and still wanting more is really, really a, a, a human feeling. And he dives headfirst into the, Oh, we're superior beings right. type of lifestyle there. Because he has to, because he murders people all the time <laughs> like if if uh listat is in your audience and you're a musician you're sick that day you're sick. If you miss one or you do really really well <laughs> yeah. you're either really good or you're dead there's no in between well don't be too perfect because then he might call you back and wonder what the taste of an angel's blood is like yeah it's yeah just... spoiler alert it's syrupy Sir, it's corn syrup <laughs> yes <laughs> Mine would be full of ham. <laughs> oh my god. What? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't do. <laughs> so Louis and Lestat live together as Lestat tries to groom him into the monster, or rather the vampire, the superior being that he should be. And, you know, that kind of bums Louis out. Louis doesn't want to just be a killer. Louis still is attached to the life he had before. And why wouldn't he be? The life he had before? Not bad. Not bad bad for a man of color in this time. You know, there's literally like no good era to be a person of color in America. But, you know, he was kind of doing his best here. I can't remember who it was. I I think it was Cannibal Burris. Someone asked him what he would do with the time machines. Forward forward only forward forward Forward. keep going (laughs) (laughs) well eventually louis adopts a person of his own that's my way of saying creates a vampire in claudia played by kirsten dunst in the old movie which i thought she did a fantastic job bailey bass also a fantastic job she has an amazing dialect 
and is just trying to grow up immortal and live life to the fullest and realizing that she'll never grow up past who she is now and kind of stuck in that, I think they said, 14-year-old phase Which forever. Is, uh, I, I looked it up, actually, because I was wondering if I was misremembering. Um, in the book, Claudia's character is almost a literal toddler. She's five. Toddler. She's, and, she's like five. Oh, my gosh. I believe in the um, Tom Cruise movie, they said she was nine. She's like nine and or ten. Here, here yeah, they've she's, gone with the... My age. the um, I don't know. If, I don't actually know if it's more or less comfortable, but they they, they said she was fourteen. Fourteen. And, and uh, I don't know. Like uh, I think uh, my my favorite character of the uh, permanent kid variety is Laddie from Near Dark. But, oh. uh, but she was pretty compelling in this because they sort of introduced the concept that the reason vampires don't do this is because it's a you know it's psychologically torturous. The person's sort of pubescent forever and they're also um uh they have that elevated teenage metabolism and turn through more victims yeah kind of cover that that she's sort of like she you know killing machine snacks on a person and then immediately just like (laughs) oh man the the latest potato chip company must make these guys (laughs) (laughs) i like i like that they aged her up like it makes it same because i think in in the original story they kind of moved around more than than they did in the series here um in the series it's pretty much all takes place in i mean in in the past it all takes place in new orleans and in the present it all takes place in dubai dubai and i think by aging her up allows them to stay in one place longer (laughs) because it's very you know it's very apparent if somebody's like five and they're not ever changing it's a little like it's a little more questionable if they're like 14 15 and you know you know get to be 20 and nothing's happened you know so louis lestat and claudia all live as a happy family on the surface because i think they're all you know playing their parts for each other but at the same time not doing so very well and then claudia decides something's got to give let's kill lestat now whether that's successful or not As I said, spoiler-free review, and I think with how long this book is and how many centuries, or rather, I'm sorry, decades it covers, do you feel the first season gave enough, or was the cliffhanger kind of like, what, we're stopping here, boo? It's a a place where I think it makes sense to have a cliffhanger, Um, to to not spoil it or anything. It makes sense where, where it ended. And then, like, the very last scene is amazing. (laughs) Vampire shows are tricky in that they're not played by vampires and thus (laughs) age. (laughs) So they've got to, like, do it. You know, I mean, it's true. They've got to do it kind of quickly. They've got to do it where it's, you know, age and time can be erased by makeup or whatever. Um, So I think. No, I told that exactly. You're like 40 <laughs> and you're a vampire, the vampire teenager. Were they literally like the college? No, it was uh, Vampire yeah, Diaries. The college guys are like, <laughs> yeah. Nina Debrev still looked young yeah, by the, the end of it. Yeah. Literally like, they're supposed to be freshmen and they're 30 when it starts and it ran for 10 years. Yes. Like visibly exactly. <laughs> they need to keep the seasons relatively short so that they can move along the story in a 
predictable way. They can move it along in, in like a time wise because, you know, people get gray hair, people get wrinkles and there's only so much uh, makeup and CGI can cover that up without it looking weird. The next part of the book is really interesting because that's, you know, where they're like in Europe and stuff like that. And so I'm really looking forward to see what they do with that since they did spend so much time in New Orleans in, in this season. So I'm, I'm really interested to see where it's going. Uh, I like it. <laughs> well, let's head into our final thoughts. And uh, just a quick reminder, this did get renewed for season two. Mm-hmm. So anyone who heard, oh, cliffhanger ending, pass. There is a season two coming, and this universe is probably going to be pretty huge. Final thoughts. Uh, Matt, would you start, um, please? I really like the, the, the period atmosphere here. worked really well. Um, they didn't. The sets weren't extensive. There weren't crazy aerial shots or anything. But what they did build and do was was pretty, pretty plausible. Well done. The characters are dead on. I like the light dusting of modernization and changes to it. And I really like the meta device of the second interview with the vampire. There is a whole plot that transpires in the interview. That is that is it itself. You know the the drama between old old Louis and old Malloy is like, and, and Malloy is very like, I'm, I'm 60 now, man. I'm falling for this, you know, <laughs> and, and that changes the, the, and, and he, he approaches it with a skeptic's eye and demands like, you know, artifacts and primary sources and substantiation. He doesn't want to get gold again. And that stuff adds really neat, uh, really neat tone to it. And the, um, the Dubai environment where he is holed up and assumptively just, just buying a sanctuary in the, in the modern super city of Dubai with his, his vast wealth uh, acquired via uh, seed capital and compound interest. Right. <laughs> and, and it's, it's the, the, the most striking possible starkest contrast to the, um, the, the jazz age and, and late Robert Barony age, like the uh, art, art deco at Nouveau of, of turn of the century New Orleans, and so it makes the it helps with the narrative because it like shows their their minds have changed, and it also helps with it visually because you're never confused about which time you're in. And and I, I really like the amount of craft here, the um, the performances that get out of these relatively unknown people, um, the Lestat guy, other than being like a little um, more. Like he's a little too jacked. Like I always, I always imagine Lestat as, as tall and thin. But, Willowy. But that's a quibble, you know. And the guy's so dead on about just like, and he makes everything so. Like he conveys how you could be uh, around someone that narcissistic and not immediately curb them, you know. And and this is, I mean, at its at its core, this is a novel about mundane codependency with just a lot of trappings, right? And it, it works really, and murder <laughs> works really well, and these guys hold your attention through through it is sometimes kind of a, a mopey narrative, you know. My wholehearted endorsement, I give it a nine out of ten. Drag king disguises we should have seen coming. <laughs> Harmony. Um, I like I said, I really enjoyed this. The sets are amazing, especially the vampire dwellings they're not all draped in burgundy and black and candles <laughs> you know everything that we kind of expect from your Bella Lugosi, you know 
Bram Stoker's Dracula and all that stuff. So I really enjoyed how how much effort they put into the set, knowing that it it's, it's a character onto itself. It's just this very lively New Orleans and this very kind of in, um, stark, minimalist, rich person's paradise that is Dubai. I think the costumes are great. Nothing in this, you know, bothered me except for like, like, like the change in Claudia's age just because, you know, just because it makes sense to age her up. It is like, well, this is really divert, you know, coming away from this, from the book. But is it any different than making Louis a person of color and not this pallid (laughs) plantation owner? Um, I think that this show should do really well and that I hope we get several seasons and that we get to follow it as as much as we can for as long as these people are alive (laughs) you know because to be fair there are a lot of books in this series but I think they're doing really well to combine the books because the Lestat that's in Interview with the Vampire is not necessarily the same Lestat in the Vampire Lestat is this you know because I think uh and Rice wrote it like 10 years you know, like wrote interview with the vampire and then wrote the vampire list that like 10 years apart. I don't know. I just really love this show. I'm glad I got to watch it. I'm glad I got an AMC plus account to watch it. Like it was worth it for, for me to do that. So uh, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this nine out of 10 bloody masquerade Mardi Gras balls. All right. So like I said, for me, I thought I was going to be kind of an outlier because I loved this movie as a kid. Like, whoa, vampires, cool ones, frilly shirts, awesome. And again, just the theater company there with Antonio Banderas as Armand. Yeah, I lived in California. I don't know. I'm very naive. He opened my eyes to a lot of things. And I think that actors and art creatives have the power to help people see the world in a different way. And this definitely was a different way, this series, than it was as this film. And a lot of the ways it was for the better. And I can't think of any ways that it was for the worst, honestly. I really enjoyed this. Uh, Watching it weekly kind of sucked because, you know, having to wait. And that should have made me happier because I'm like, I can wait. You know, I can wait a week for the Mando telling Baby Yoda not to touch his shit. I'm sure I can wait for vampires. But I just wanted more. Matt, I think you'd put it perfectly with the abusive codependency uh, harmony as well with how beautiful the set pieces are. I'll just add that this actress playing Claudia uh, Bailey Bass, uh, she's going to be in the new Avatar film. I know everyone loves hating on Avatar, but maybe hold back on some of that hate because she's a freaking star and I can't wait till she shines and rises. So I'm also going to give this nine out of ten arsenic what <laughs> try again yeah there you arsenic go lullabies. 9 out of 10 arsenic lullabies that's lovely that's charming personally I think I would pass on being a vampire how about you two I think it would suck to see everybody you care about die I mean, we're going to see it anyway at some point, but, you know, it's like, 
There's a don't eat the baby episode. Don't I eat would the pass. baby. He didn't yeah. eat. I don't think he ate the baby. I just need him to say he didn't eat the baby. Because <laughs> he's our good say, guy. He didn't eat the baby. 